Welcome to another edition of the John Egra Show. Joining me today is David Behrman. David is the deputy editor at ESPN.com slash chalk, which is ESPN's gambling website. Uh, it's a really awesome show. We go over a bunch of gambling topics that I think everyone will enjoy. We even ended the show with a little Miami Heat talk, his Miami Heat, and how lucky they were that they avoided the reigning NBA defending champions, Toronto Raptors, in the bubble, which helped them get all the way to the, to the Eastern Conference Final. Hi, Lope. Like always, take it away. Yeah. Hot info on a John Igger show. On point with his takes like it's bingo. Appreciate, never hate, that's the lingo. Money dance, touchdown, Ocho Cinco. Hot info on a John Igger show. On point with his takes like it's bingo. Appreciate, never hate, that's the lingo. Money dance, touchdown, Ocho Cinco. Hot info, hot info, hot info. Hot info, hot info, hot info. John Igger, John Igger, John Igger. Show. Okay, our next guest on the John Egress show is David Behrman, the bear. He's the deputy editor of ESPN, uh, slash ESPN.com slash chalk. David, thanks so much for hopping on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So a uh, bunch of things that I want to get to uh, get through today with you. But first off, let's start with uh, your career in sports gambling. How, how did how did you get introduced into uh, into gambling? Where did the uh, degenerateness uh, begin? Well, I, I'd love to not necessarily admit that it's always been part of what I've watched, studied. Uh, I've been a numbers guy. I worked in stats at the company for many, many years and in minor in Major League Baseball before I came to ESPN. Uh, always was aware of the gambling space. Uh, legally can't tell you whether I dabbled or not, but um, always was aware of it and then knew that while I was at ESPN, I was in charge of producing content and statistical content for all their shows as a production researcher for many years. And to me, the gambling was just another data point. The only difference was it was illegal in 49 and 50 states. But to me, the content was still there. So if you're telling me that Tom Brady is, is five and four in his last nine games against the Dolphins, but you can also tell me that he's one and eight against the spread, to me, that's a better number to, to sell content. We're all about storytelling at ESPN. So that was what we kind of was pushing. And then little by little, it was picking up steam and we were getting more and more information into shows like Sports Center and College Football Live, Baseball Tonight. We were kind of knocking down the walls little by little, all while trying to pitch shows like Daily Wager, uh, get more info to ESPN Chalk. Uh, and then PASPA overturned uh, the, the Supreme Court ruling, which legalized sports gambling, or at least allowed it to be legal in the States. And uh, that was kind of like the on switch for the company to get more involved. And we had been growing databases of content and stats and we continued to do that. And then it was like, all right, well, now that we can produce this content and it can go out to more people and the people watching are now in states that are legal, let's do a show. And then we, we produced and came up with Daily Wager. And then we wanted to grow ESPN Chalk. So after working to help launch Daily Wager on the TV side, um, I ended 14 years of working on TV and then moved over to the digital side to help with Chalk and expand that and working with Daily Wager every day. Oh yeah, that, that is really fascinating. So I'm I'm so fascinated by your career because I'm not sure if you're aware, but you're living the dream. You have a realistic life for many uh, young kids who want to work in sports and talk about sports for a living. So how how long have you been at ESPN for? 
Uh, I've been at ESPN, uh, it was 15 years in April, so about 15 and a half years. And prior to that, I was working in the, in the Marlins organization and their major and minor league uh, teams. Uh, the Albuquerque Ice Tips for a few years as their media relations director, Kane County Cougars, and I was an intern with the Marlins in their broadcasting and PR. So I'd always been in sports ever since graduating from the University of Florida, and then that turned into a job at ESPN. And yeah, I'm very fortunate where I work and now working in um gambling space that is growing every single day at ESPN and other places around the world. It's absolutely a fun time. Uh, so you mentioned the University of Florida. Uh, something I brought up to you that I want to talk to you about today is the 08 Gator football team. A uh, bunch of ways we could go uh, dive into <laughs> this. I guess the first question I'll ask you is uh, whose name will be re retired first in the swamp, Urban Meyer or Aaron Hernandez? Um, Urban Meyer, uh, you probably won't see any semblance of Aaron Hernandez there. And it's unfortunate, obviously he was a good player there. And he's actually from down the street from where I'm at right now from Bristol, Connecticut, uh, obviously unfortunate to what happened. And, you know, he, he did what he did and that's not something that we're, we're proud of. Um, Urban didn't leave on the best terms, but he'll always be remembered there as, as a coach who won two national titles. Um, and so I think one day Urban will get his number or his name retired. Yeah, and I don't want to be one of those scumbags who just uh, highlights the negative parts of this team because, <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, no one likes that person. But there, if you go through this roster, there are so many players with uh, past uh, felony issues, past arrests. It, it, it's, it's unbelievable when you really dive into it. Cam Newton was on the team before he stole the laptop. All the Pouncey brothers, uh, the list, Carlos Dunlop, the list goes on and on. And the reason why I want to talk to you about that, that team, because while you were celebrating at the stadium, uh, the Sooners were my first real diehard team where uh, they're in a championship game. So I'm up in Toronto. Uh, the Raptors won the championship in 2000 last year. That was a big moment for us. The Leafs haven't won a championship since 67. And when the Jays won, I, I wasn't born yet. So uh, when Oklahoma, I, let me backtrack a little bit. I, I have friends down in Oklahoma. They brought me down to a Sooners game. Um, I think it was in 07. Sam Bradford chased off, uh, faced off against Chase Daniels. Unbelievable match of OU Missouri. Um, so the following year, or it may have even been that year, Oklahoma, Florida, BCS national championship game, you're celebrating. I am crying, throwing a fit, just full on tamper tantrum. So, uh, you're winning one, nothing. That, that, that's definitely for sure. That was, that was a fun night. Obviously two years earlier when they won the national title, it was out in Phoenix and nobody thought they were going to win. I went out there with my brother, just to go out there and enjoy it. Not thinking they were going to win and. They shocked the world and it's like, oh, wow. And then two years later, now that you have Tebow and he won the Heisman the year before, uh, this, this was a home game. It was in Miami. And, you know, whereas in Phoenix, it was only me and my brother. In Miami, it was everybody I went to college with and grew up with and we all went to the game. And it was a night we'll always remember because we was basically to be able to go home and see your team win a national title was pretty awesome. That run, um, I, I don't know the exact years, but when the Gators won, the Gators basketball program won their two championships and the, the Gators football program won their two their two championships. Is that the most successful run of, a, I guess, a, a by sport? Yeah, no, uh, no team had ever won back-to-back -back football and basketball. Florida went basketball, football, basketball, winning 06 and 07 with the 06 football in between and then they won in 08 as well but nobody had won three in a row still having and no schools held both at the same time and then eventually they held it for the entire year i don't know if you can look too closely but i, I have uh i have some trophies over there that kind of show it nice. there's the trophies 
That's awesome. Um, so I, before we dive into football, uh, NFL week 10 preview, um, the only explanation for this is that the Gators somehow got a ton of financing and they're just able to drop the bags uh, more frequently for these recruits. And they have a good – Urban was a very, very good recruiter. Remember, Dan Mullen was there as well. Dan Mullen, now the coach. So um, they did well for many, many years. And then there was the downtime after Mullen and, uh, and, and Mullen and Urban left. Hopefully we're back. Um, Dan Mullen's building a good program now and he's doing it with Steve Spurrier down the hall. So hopefully <laughs> no money needed. Um, okay, let's talk a little bit about the Masters. Um Obviously, so this interview is at 1 p.m. on Thursday, so the first round has begun. Um, what, what has caught your eye? Anything on the board, anything you've seen today that specifically uh, stood out to you? Yeah, I'm looking at the board right now. Webb Simpson and Lee Westwood both at five under. Uh, uh, it'd be great to see Westy finally win one of these. He's probably one of the, the best players out there to have never won a major, gone close many, many times. Uh, he's five under through nine, so pretty impressive. Webb Simpson, who's had one heck of a year, and has won a major before, is up there as well. Nobody expected much out of him. Um, don't sleep on Tiger. Tiger's three under right now. I'm uh, yep. starting on the back nine. He's done very well so far. Had a really, really good tee shot on 16 to within a few feet and got the birdie. Uh, be interesting to see how he does. He's not been playing well this year at all, but it's Tiger's course. If anybody can show up out of nowhere and do it, it'll be Tiger. He's off to a great start. Um, but there's some good names on that leaderboard. Obviously, you'd expect that it being the Masters, but Louis Ustay's in four under. Paul Casey, four under, you know, he got close at the PGA a few months ago. Patrick Reed, who's won this before, he's three under. So it's a, it's a who's who up there. And I expect it to stay that way uh, for most of the tournament. Um, is there any difference in the course between now and, and so in November and then it would the normal time it would start? Uh, just the weather. The weather's been obviously uh, it's rainy and yucky, which will slow down the fairways and the greens, which would help you on the greens but you won't get as much distance on the fairway i was listening to andy north break it down this morning of how bryson and matt wolf and others uh hit it far but they hit it high which means they're not reliant on the roll so if they keep hitting it high and far it'll get out there no matter the weather if you're a guy who hits a little bit lower and you're you're waiting on the roll you may not get it since it's gonna be soggy fairways but it should make the scoring a little bit easier because the greens will be softer if it continues dumping um, but I guess we'll have to see. But the course itself is, is set up the same way it was set up before. It's just the weather is going to be – you're not used to people wearing pullovers and jackets at Augusta because in April it's – I've been there twice and it's 85 nice. in Georges for the entire week. Uh, that's awesome. Um, are you uh, team Bryson or anti-Bryson? Um, I'm kind of neutral on it. I think it's fascinating to discuss. I, I really didn't believe in all the stuff he was spewing a few years ago, but after winning, after watching him win multiple times this year, including the U S open, I'm, I'm now a believer in what he's doing. Um, I just think it's fascinating. You don't see it often, especially in, in team sports. Um, you don't see somebody revolutionize the game. We talked for years about how they needed to tiger proof the courses because tiger is just bigger, stronger, and longer than everybody. Uh, this is different. This is a guy who is taking the game of golf and changing it, changing the way you play. And that's something that I don't think the golf world is prepared for. Yeah. What he's doing is so interesting. And I'm not sure. I'm sure you saw, I should say uh, the 48 inch driver. Yeah. It's just Did I get that right. Yeah. And it's, so <laughs> how long, how long is the normal driver? That I don't know off the top of my yeah, head. No one knows. <laughs> he's changing everything from a few years ago where he was using the same length of iron for every single iron shot, which I mean, I don't know if you play, but I know if I grab the yep. wrong club, I can tell before I even address the ball. 
this guy's using the same length clubs for every shot, which is just amazing. Yeah, yeah it's really cool to follow him. Uh, okay, let's transition into NFL, uh, everyone's favorite sport. So you're a Dolphins fan? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, there's a little bit of value right now on the Dolphins to win the AFC East. Are you buying or are you uh, shorting the Dolphins right now? Um, I think there is value there at five and a half uh, to one because they're only a game and a half out. But you got to keep in mind that they've already lost to the Bills once and they're a game and a half behind. So I don't know if they can catch them. Uh, but there is more value there than laying the five, six hundred on the Bills. Uh, they couldn't catch them. The Dolphins schedule the next few weeks is Chargers, Broncos, Bengals, Jets. So there are winnable games that they could play themselves right back into the division, but it's not something I'm expecting them to do. I'm just happy that they're, they're close right now. Yeah. So uh, full, uh, full transparency. I'm, I'm a Bills fan, big Buffalo guy, uh, go to games every year, whatnot. I don't smash any tables though. I'm a little um, worried that the Bills are minus uh, 700 uh, to win the division. It just seems a little too high, especially they're only one game up. I think they are the better team. I, I don't know how I feel about the Dolphins, to be completely frank. Is their defense for real? Their defense is for real because what people tend to forget when looking at the numbers is the first few weeks of the season when they got pretty much destroyed by Josh Allen and Cam Newton and then Russell Wilson. They were missing some pieces. Byron Jones got hurt in the first possession of the Patriots game. They had a couple of other guys missing games over the first three weeks. They've all been healthy for the last couple of weeks, and since then – um, really the trouble spot, and, and you'll see in our, our column tomorrow about the games, is um, they, they seem to not be able to stop the mobile quarterback. Even beating Arizona last week, Kyler Murray ran all over them, Josh Allen ran all over them, Cam Newton ran all over them, Russell Wilson ran all over them. But in games that the offenses are not based on mobile quarterbacks, if you look at they, they beat Jacksonville, um, they beat the Rams and Goff, um, and, and other games that, that – it's not a it's San Francisco who had multiple quarterbacks in there, neither, which could play very well. The Dolphin defense did very, very well. Um, their, their corners are probably the best in the league. So if the corners continue to stay healthy in Howard and Jones, then you can put a lot of pressure with the front seven. And I just like what they're doing. Um, that doesn't mean that they won't get, you know, lit up by Justin Herbert this week or somebody else. But I do like what I see so far. Yeah, they're, they're something I do like about the Dolphins even though I am a Bills fan, they're, they're fun to watch. They're yeah. new. They're exciting on defense. Uh, Shaq Lawson's a fun player to watch. Christian Wilkins, a very fun player to watch. Kyle Van Noy is excellent. Um, the, the safety or cornerback, Byron Jones, although he's hurt, he's a fantastic player to watch. And, and on offense, I guess we could preview the transition to the uh, Dolphins matchup this week against the Chargers, two rookie quarterbacks. Um if you were my, I'm just checking my bookie right now and rookie of the year court uh, odds aren't available, but where are you leaning right now uh, in terms of rookie of the year? So we can also include Burrow on that as well. I think right now it'll be tough for, for Tua to claim that award since he didn't start the first six weeks of the season. Now if yeah. he goes out and, you know, winds up going nine and one as the Dolphin quarterback and leads him to the division title, he'll win rookie of the year. Right now I would probably put Herbert ahead of, of Burrow and Tua with offensive rookie of the year, just because of, know he's been playing so good now Justin's not getting any wins either and not necessarily his fault um but the team hasn't been winning and and Cincinnati's kind of in the middle there but I think I mean we're only we're we're nine weeks in so we're about halfway through the season I think it is wide open for any of them to win should one of them lead their team to the playoffs you got to think that if a rookie quarterback comes in and and takes the team to the playoffs that they could win it uh, so there's actually one more division I wanted to preview before we uh, hop into this week. The NFC West, 
the Seahawks right now are favorites to win that division. Um, uh, uh, minus 250 and the Rams are at plus 400 odds. Arizona is actually at plus 500. Arizona has started off the, started off this year at the worst odds on that division. Uh, I'm not sure how much has changed the last couple of weeks, but do you see uh, the Rams or the Cardinals as any threat to the Seahawks? I do. And I actually, I'm glad you brought that up because you had, you had said we were going to talk division. I was going to tell you that I thought Arizona is the best bet on the board right now to win okay. the NFC West. Uh, they've already beaten Seattle once. So they currently own the tiebreaker. Uh, they're one game back. Another win over Seattle, they would have the tiebreaker head-to-head and be tied with them. Uh, Seattle's defense has been something that's been, you know, embarrassing, to be, be honest. Like, if their offense is so good that the fact they're losing games because of their defense is really, really bad. And Arizona being one game back and I think being very, very much improved, they easily could have beaten the Dolphins last week. And they're currently at 5-3 and three, and they could be 6-2. and two. Um, I, I would actually throw some sprinkle, some money on, on Arizona to win that division. Okay, a couple of sprinkles on uh, on Arizona. Um, so this week, I'm not sure what you think, but I, this week's tough. Usually, when I when I see the odds come out, there's a couple of games I stand out. There's a couple of first instincts I have. This one seems just straight up difficult. I'm not sure. Do you have the same the same feeling? There were a couple of games this week that popped out to me, but overall, I think um, it's just when you get this deep into the NFL schedule, it gets tighter and you don't really have a firm grasp of what is going to happen. So it does become difficult at times, but there are a couple of games out there that I, that I think I'd play. So uh, let's, let's hear one of those games. Um, unless you I can't give it up, unless you, unless you want our followers to go to ESPN chalk to, to find that. You should go to ESPN chalk tomorrow to find it, but I okay. will give out one that, that is in the column. Um, I've been only because I've been fading the Bucks all year long. Um, I think that they're getting heavy public play. The lines are really shaded a little bit. Their odds to win, their over unders in terms of win totals. Like I've been against betting on them all year. I was yep. all in on the Saints last week, and that paid off dividends last Sunday night. I'm actually flipping the script and taking the Bucks this week. I think oh. if there's one place oh. you don't want to be, it's 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 against an angry Tom Brady. And some of the numbers that I looked up during the week are kind of quite scary when Tom Brady's off a, a loss of 20 points or more. He's seven to one ATS. Uh, when his team fails to cover the spread by two touchdowns or more. And if you think about it, they were a four point favorite and they lost by 35. So they lost by 38 points of the spread. Uh, Brady's teams have covered in 11 straight in 19, 18 out of 20 when they failed to cover by two touchdowns. So I, I think the bucks are good. I don't think they're as good as people think they are but I would not want to be the Carolina Panthers this week. I think that line is a little bit shaded because of how well Carolina played against KC last week and how poorly Tampa Bay has looked two straight weeks. Wow. I'm shocked. I thought the easy pick would definitely be the, uh, the Panthers to, to cover here. Go the, the other Pan- way on this one. Yeah, I know. I love it. It's ballsy. And Panthers sneaky, good offense. They, they throw the ball. They, they have a good receiving core. McCaffrey will definitely be a big hit, but they survived without him at the beginning of the year. I don't see why they shouldn't this year, but I love it. And they everything. did they did cover week the, the, the week two matchup versus the Bucks. It was a little misleading because they were down 21 nothing. They rallied to within one score. And then as Fournette was trying to run out the clock, he broke one to cover the spread. So if you're on that one, you kind of got screwed. But I do think like Tampa Bay's had a couple of weeks of struggles and they're going to figure it out. I still don't think they're as good as people think they are. I'm not picking them to win the Super Bowl. But I do think for a one-week sample size, they're going to come out and beat up on Carolina. Cool. Um, okay, a little bit on the Thursday night football game tonight. The Indianapolis Colts versus the Tennessee Titans. Colts, sneaky good defense. Uh, first in the league in total yards against. 
uh, Darius Leonard, absolute stud, uh, being a, an operator, a sergeant on that field, I guess is the proper term there. Uh, Tennessee, I'm not sure what you think about them. Their defense has been shaky this year. The, their offense, I'm not sure what you think about Ryan Tannehill, your ex-Miami Dolphin. Is he for real? Is he inconsistent? What What are you, uh, initial thoughts on this game? It's hard to not give props to Tannehill for what he's done since he's been away from Miami. Uh, you know, led that team all the way to the AFC Championship game last year and off to a great start this year, at least the first five weeks. I just haven't been overly impressed by Tennessee. You know, in starting 5-0, and four of them were – last second field goals that got them the win where they didn't cover. They were the first team in about 30 years to start three and zero, but Oh, and three against the spread. And that has continued except recently they've actually lost games. And yeah, they're three and five covering. against the spread right now, three and five against the spread. Uh, they did look impressive last week in shutting down the bears, but I think the bears are who we thought they were uh, to borrow a Denny green line. Um, I, I'm leaning towards the Colts. I took the Colts before the season started to to uh, be a surprise team and, and, and win the Super Bowl. They won't, but my hopes is they can at least get to a point where I can hedge the bet. I also took the over on the Colts' win total, and they've struggled at times this year, but I think with their defense that they can pull it out tonight. So week one, uh, I was one of those many fools around the world who had the Colts in my survivor pool mm-hmm. where they lost to Jacksonville. So I, I'm leaning Colts tonight, but that – Nightmare has stuck in my mind, has been stuck in my mind yep. since uh, I guess nine weeks ago. So that's why I'm a little bit hesitant to go with the Colts. But I, I think I'm leaning Colts as well. Tennessee, I just need to see more of it. I need to see more consistency. Uh, they seem a little Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde to me. I would agree there. And I, I had lost one of my entries that week as well, but I'm still alive in, in two other ones. So. Okay. Um, so I got one mailbag uh, I want to get to. Sure. So this is from uh, Dave in Austin, Texas. Uh, hey, longtime listener, but first time writing in. Seahawks at home plus uh, <clears throat> favorite. Excuse me, Seattle at home plus one point, a point and a half. Going to be hungry after a tough loss to the Bills. Rams have been inconsistent all year. Am I missing something, or is Seattle just great value here? Cheers, Dave. Uh, good question. That's a tough game. Uh, the Rams off a of bye. They've struggled recently, but what ails an offensive struggle? A bad defense is always the formula to help a ba- an offense that has struggled, and Seattle's defense is that bad. Uh, my play on that game would be the over, no matter what the heck the number is. You can't stop Seattle, and Seattle can't stop you and me. Um, I expect the Rams, with two weeks of prep for this game, to come out and have a good offensive game plan and score, but I'll expect Seattle and Russell Wilson to be able to match them to me it's a toss-up game I really don't like either side in this one but I could see why Seattle would have value because you're getting points with Russell Wilson I just would be curious on ever betting Seattle I had them last week against the Bills and they allowed 600,000 points to Buffalo so um, I'm going to stay away from the side and take the over on that one well, yeah, the over right now is at 55 points. And that, that game's so uh, interesting in, in, in many aspects because it's going to be crazy to see all the adjustments that happen throughout that game. So, for example, the Bills last week against Seattle, they, they barely, barely ran the ball. They threw the ball, every honestly, every single play. And it'll be interesting if the, the Rams follow that strategy. It'll be uh, cool to see how Seattle ma- makes those adjustments. So a lot of uh, coaching uh, strategies to watch out for in that one. So that really does it for football talk. There's one last topic I want to get to before we end things here. Let's talk about the Miami Heat and their lucky playoff run in the NBA bubble and just how fortunate they were that they avoided the Toronto Raptors in the uh, conference finals. 
Well, that's a leading question. We said Lucky, Bubble, and Raptors. Uh, the, the, the Heat did have a good run. How much of it was related to the bubble or not, I have no idea. Anytime you're dealing with a Pat Riley and Eric Sprostle, my team's going to have a chance. Uh, right players got hot at the right time. They may not have had to play the Raptors, but they very nearly swept everyone's favorite darlings, the Milwaukee Bucks, and they, they kind of ran them out of Orlando. So uh, give them the credit they deserve. They, they have a young team. They made the trade for Butler in the offseason, and it paid off. Uh, interested to see if it goes back to normalcy in 2021, how good they do, but um, I think they're primed and ready to go. That's great. And obviously I'm just talking shit. The Miami yeah. Heat, you, you got to give them props. They, they're <laughs> unbelievable in that playoffs. And they, they like the Dolphins, actually, they have also just a bunch of young, fun mm-hmm. players. Tyler Hero, uh, Robertson, Bam, Adebayo, Stud, Jimmy Butler's a fun player to watch. And the grit grinder he is. And it's cool to see him finally at least make that finals. And last year, or I guess it would be two years ago now, uh, when they lost to the Raptors, he was a stud in that in that series. He really carried Philadelphia. So yeah, good for Jimmy Butler, good for the Heat, and uh, yeah, that really does it. David, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely, it was fun. Good time. Yeah, I'd love to do this again sometime, and I look forward to reading your column tomorrow. Absolutely, thanks. Thank you, David.